When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. So, this side over here by Jennifer, this side over here in this section. You guys are going to do this fun little, it's called a desk hand. It goes like this. Super easy. Do it again. All right, the middle section, you guys are with me. Can you help me? Okay, it goes like this. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and sing out his praise. It's Christmas. Born is the king. Rejoice in the day. It's Christmas. Make a joyful sound. It's Christmas. Let his praise resound. It's Christmas. So that's our part. All right. This side over here. Get the most challenging part of all. Do do do. All right. Do 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 together. You guys ready? White candle burns this morning as a reminder to us the eternal Son of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we gather together today for worship because He came and dwelt among us. And His dwelling among us brought light and life to each one of us who profess Jesus is Lord. Welcome to First Baptist Clinton this morning. We are glad you're here today to worship with us, acknowledge the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives because Jesus came. If you are, are a guest uh, with us this morning, uh, we just <clears throat> would like to have a, a record of your being here with us today. So there's a connection card in the worship program. Just fill that out. We worship through giving. At the end of our worship time, 
And so the ushers will be at the door, the offering plate, just place it in the offering plate as you go um, out this morning. Um, great to have you with us today. We are a praying people. Just remind you the backside of this is a prayer request form, so share your prayer requests with us today. Um, again, just place them in the offering plate, and uh, we will we'll pray together. You also may use the app or the website to um, share the prayer requests on the prayer wall. Well, this morning we are here to worship the living Lord Jesus Christ who came to dwell among us. And um, let's stand together and rejoice and worship him uh, with the angels from the high. Good morning. My name's JD. I'll be your deacon of the week. Uh, if there's anything that I can pray with you or do for you, please reach out and uh, we'll, we'll do that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning mindful of many, many blessings, Lord, that you've given each one of us. Lord, we pray for this church. We pray that you would help it to be a light in our community and in our county, Lord. 
uh, we pray that uh, 2022 is a year of great revival within our community, Lord. Uh, we pray for Pastor Randy this morning as he delivers the message, and I pray that uh, you would help each of us to be mindful of all the blessings around us every day, Lord. Thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing. We, we're going to read our gospel reading aloud together. This is Luke 2, 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Luke 40, 41 through 52. Amen. You may be seated.
Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead of ruined sinners hangs the Lamb in victory. See the price for our redemption, see the Father's plan unfold, bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love Slain by death, the God of life. But no grave could e'er restrain him. Praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance. How unwavering our hope. Christ in Oh, yeah. 
Our psalm reading this morning is Psalm 148. Let's read aloud together, praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Psalm 148. The humble Christ was born 
And God's end of salvation That blessed Christmas morn Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born That Jesus Christ is born That Jesus Christ is born. You know, in songs like that, I think sometimes we need to bring Brett out Front so we can watch his finger work. Man, he, his fingers fly up and down the neck of that guitar. I kind of got watching him and thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. So, uh, well, Merry Christmas. That was yesterday. So now we're ready to move on, right? Anybody taking down their tree yet? <laughs> Are we doing that today? No, okay. <laughs> just, just, just checking. So, uh, um, hey, Don and Carolyn Varner. Thank you for role modeling for us a long-term marriage of 51 years. Thank you. Thank you. It's always exciting to get to be reminded of those long-term marriages and get to celebrate. You know, God's a God of relationships. And, and so when we have opportunity to celebrate those relationships, um, it feels good. And he has created his church for relationship with him and with each other. And our church is in a season of prayer right now. We're in the early days of a 90-day call to prayer. And uh, so I want to honor the call to prayer this morning just by leading us as we pray together. Father, this morning we come to you seeking you because you, you, you are everything we need. And today as we pray, we are just mindful and amazed Jesus prayed for us. And he, he prayed for us specifically that we might be one, that we might have a unity, and the bond within the body of Christ might mirror the oneness of the Father and the Son. And so I pray, Father, that in the life of, of our church, your church, we might know this unique unity that comes from our relationship with you and with each other. And as Jesus prayed for us, he, he prayed that he had already given us 
His glory. So we could be one. Just as He is in us and we are in Him and He is in you and you are in Him. So Father, today we pray that above all things, we as your believers, as your called out church in Clinton, Missouri, we might, we might have a unity that propels us into the future for your honor and for your glory so that we might be in complete unity. We pray the power of your Holy Spirit to protect your body in this season because the evil one desires to do his destruction among us. So we pray today, Father, you would bind him away from us so we can serve you as one. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. A friend of mine often prays this simple but powerful prayer. He prays, Lord, bless us and use us a bunch. And when, I've, when I hear him pray, Lord, bless us and use us a bunch, I realize you know, God has given all of us individually and all of us collectively life and resources and talents and gifts and abilities. They're his. Sometimes we hold on to them like they are ours, but they are his. And, and this simple prayer reminds me of just the, the fact that God's call and God's blessing in our lives is not for us. The benediction in Numbers chapter 6 uh, closes this cycle, the first cycle of material in the book of Numbers. And I know a lot of you don't get excited about reading Numbers. I'm not sure I do either. But if you fail to read numbers, you will miss some really good stuff. Um, I know it's a lot of work to find it, but it's there. And, and in this, this first section, these first six chapters, um, it's a call to faithfulness. It is a call for God's people to be a unified community. And... And their unity and their faithfulness is, is, is centered around the symbolic presence of God in the, in the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, 
This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace so that they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. We all desire to be blessed, but it's, it's the second part of that simple little prayer that sometimes we neglect. <laughs> you know, we'll ask God to bless us, but we must also ask God to use us. And not to use us in small ways, but to use us a bunch. You know, just let him, let him be at work in our lives in whatever way he desires to do so. And as we, as we yield ourselves to him, he will work in us and he will work through us because that's how he is our, has chosen to make himself known and his presence real is through his people. The church today, the Israelites in the Old Testament times, you see, he has called us not just to receive his blessing, but to pass his blessing on to others. This, the, this benediction, this blessing, is, a, is a threefold in nature. This threefold blessing uh, has a threefold effect in the corporate life with a, with a single overarching purpose. So when we walk through the, the, the blessing, we're reminded first of Abram's experience when in Genesis chapter 12, when God called him and commissioned him, and God said to him, I will bless you. And then, and then he goes on to say, and I will bless the nations through you. You see, Abram was called, Abraham was called to be a blessing to the people around him and the people like him and the people who were not like him. The people who did not like him and those who liked him. You see, he was he was called to be a blessing to everyone. And, 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 it, and God would bring out of Abraham this, this people, this people who would be God's blessing to the nations. Now, when you read the Old Testament, you realize they didn't get it completely, just like we don't get it some days. And they focused on the blessed on the receiving the blessing side. And, and they failed to focus on the giving the blessing side. So this threefold blessing, it starts off just, the Lord bless you. Blessings in numbers includes um, things like numerous descendants, a fruitful land, good health, long life, protection from enemies, and God's abiding presence. 
And so it starts off with this first kind of a general, the Lord bless you. And then it moves to the Lord make his face shine on you. You see, it's, we must recognize God's, it's the Lord's pleasure. It is, it is his good pleasure and his good acts are exerted on our behalf. He, is, he looks at us and we are his precious possession. And as he looked at, at Israel this way, he looks at the church in the same way today. We are his precious possession. Peter, Peter described the church with exactly the same language that the Old Testament described Israel. And, and God is looking upon us and, and he, is, he, he, is, he is making his face to shine upon us. You remember the story from Exodus chapter 34 where Moses was receiving the, the second set of commandments because he kind of messed up the first set threw him down, broke him, so he's receiving the second set, and he would spend time with God, and when he came, when he came with them, his face was aglow. It was radiant and shining, and the people, and, and the, and, and the people uh, recognized the presence of God in Moses' life, and so Moses would, would cover his face, and he would go into the tabernacle, and when he would spend time in the tabernacle, he would come out with a radiant face. And the people would, people would recognize God was with them and he was favoring them. And, 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 this, and this symbol of this shining face, in the symbol, he was receiving everything that... Moses was receiving everything the people needed when he would go into the presence of God so they could live an obedient life and so they could have an obedient relationship with this holy God who's made his face to shine upon them. So it's, it's a, a general kind of blessing that gets more a specific as we go, and God's shining face. And the Lord turn his face toward you, the third part of the blessing. It is God's pleasure and affection toward his people. And in this phrase, it's, it's, it's God's smiling. It's as if God is smiling on his people. It is, you know, so God looks at his people and he finds in them joy. And it creates a smile on the face of God. It is, it's the kind of twinkling. It's the twinkling kind of smile shared by, shared by lovers. And he, he looks at us. And when he looks at you and he looks at me, 
a smile comes to his face. What greater sense of blessing than to receive the smile of God upon our lives individually and collectively. These three pronouncements of blessing have, have a lasting effects in our lives. And so each one of them produces, produces an effect. The Lord bless you and keep you. In verse 24, God's people in the Old Testament lived under his protective umbrella. They, they, they lived by God's mighty hand and his outstretched arm. And when you read the stories of God's work among the people, you know, the exodus immediately comes to mind because of his deliverance. But it's also at the end, at the very end of the wilderness wanderings, when they were ready to come into the, the promised land and they, they reflected on their experience. We've been in this wilderness for all these years, 40 of them. A generation has passed and our shoes didn't even wear out. And our clothes don't have holes in them, you see. As they wandered through the wilderness under the judgment of God because of their disobedience, they were still being protected by him. And they were being kept by him. See, we live in the security only God can provide. You know, obviously in the last couple of years, we've learned that there's not much in this world that gives us, to give us security. But we have a security in Jesus that can come only through him and comes through him to us. And because he is the one who keeps us, he's the one who holds us in his mighty grip. The Lord, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you is the second effect. See, and God, God is at work in his people and he is gracious to his people and the Lord's kind, the Lord acts kindly to undeserving people. When, we, when you read Israel's history about their unfaithfulness and you see in contrast God's faithfulness and his kindness as he extends himself repeatedly to them and to us, we experience gracious, the graciousness of God's steadfast covenant love and his self-determination to bless whom he chooses to bless. As he said in Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, he, he, gives, us, he gives us what we do not deserve. And, and he is gracious toward us. And the Lord, the Lord 
turn his face toward you and give you peace. This Hebrew word, shalom, peace, means all the fullness of peace in every aspect of life. It is, it is an overall sense of well-being. Regardless of what's happening around us, there's this prevailing sense of well-being captured in the concept of, of shalom. Peace. Peace is God pouring his covenant mercies on us and upon his followers, not by giving, not by giving us what we deserve. You see, he's merciful toward us. Because, because he has turned toward us with a smile and given us peace, we have this confident access to the very throne of holy God. And it's always open is his throne as he welcomes us to come before him. And these three effects fulfill, work to fulfill God's overarching purpose. His purpose is given to us in verse 27. So they, it's a reference to the priests, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The purpose of this threefold blessing is clear. The Lord desires to invest his people with his name. He puts his name on them. And the name of the Lord is equivalent to, the, to just being the Lord himself. And this blessing comes, becomes a petition for God to live among his people and meet all the needs of the people. And, and through, through these words, God's people are stamped with his very name so that we are identified as his people. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 8 through 11, this blessing turns outward. Verse 10 says, The Lord will establish you as a holy people as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in, in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. He was placing upon them his identifying mark. He was placing upon them his name. And when he places his name upon them and upon us, it carries with it all of the covenant promises he has made to his people. And when he places his name on them and us, 
It identifies his people as his representative presence among the nations. You see, because his name is imprinted upon your life and upon my life, wherever we go, we go as a representative of his presence. And when I, when I think about this, it is, it is mind-stretching to realize what God is up to is he's putting his name on you and me for the purpose of our being his representative wherever we go. Paul, Paul said we are, we are Christ's ambassadors. And it is, if, it is as if God is making his very direct appeal through us. That's each one of us in this room. He makes his appeal through us. He has placed his name upon us. And his name, his name saves. And this is the gospel in this story. His name saves. Peter said it and Luke recorded it in Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. See, it's the name of Jesus that brings life to you and to me. It's the name of Jesus which gives us hope. It's the name of Jesus which brings peace into our lives. It's the name of Jesus imprinted upon your life and mine, which makes him known in this community. And wherever we travel, wherever we go in the course of our day, we are his representative. We are making him known. We're declaring the reality of his presence everywhere we go. Because his name has been imprinted upon our lives. So as believers, this morning, I think it's time for us to pray. On a regular basis, Lord, bless us and use us a bunch. Lord, bless us and use us a bunch. If you happen to be with us this morning in the room or joining us online today and you're not yet a believer, his name, it's his name. Paul said it this way, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can call on his name today and he will give you life. Jesus said, 
that he has come to give life and to give it abundantly, give it to the full. And Paul says, you can have this life if you call on the name of the Lord. Now, the call on the name of the Lord is a call with a repentant heart and a yielded spirit. It's a call that comes with the confession, I'm a sinner, there's nothing I can do about that. But you have done everything possible for to bring salvation to my life. And I yield myself to you. So if you're in the room today and you need to call on the name of the Lord in order to be saved, we're going to sing, I need the Lord, Lord, I need you. And, and as we sing this song, would you just declare your faith this morning by sharing it with us here in the front? Or perhaps if you join us online, I'd invite you to go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, and click the I want Jesus in my life button there. Or you may text or call me at 660-890-4150. Let's have a conversation about your calling on his name in order to have life. If you're looking for a church home this morning, we would welcome members today. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us in the mission he's placed us on in this community and in this county and ultimately in the world. Join us in his mission. We stand together to sing. And as we sing, if you have a decision to declare this morning, come to the front and just share it with me uh, here today. To unite with us or to unite with Jesus in a salvation experience. Today's the, your opportunity. 